Hey guys, welcome back to the Europe is Coming podcast. I'm Vicky McLeod. Over the past couple of years, we have released more than 100 episodes talking about the European CrossFit scene. Now we are going to start to change the show. Shorter episodes for quick listens and longer form interviews with Europe's finest. First up this week, a catch up with John Singleton, head coach of the programme. We talk about the elite athlete camps, Rogue, the upcoming Crown documentary, and he gives me his best tips on barbecuing. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Welcome to Europe's Coming. This is actually going to be a new format for us. John and I are going to have a regular phone date. In fact, I should put switchboard sound effects underneath this or something. (laughs) Our plan is to talk to each other every week, and then I will do a longer form interview monthly for the podcast, just to try to keep, in John's words, consistency, because I am a busy girl and so is he. But most of the time, also, it's quite difficult to get nailed down all the guests we'd like to talk to. So this is our new format. The inaugural show of the new show. (laughs) The new, new. The new look has come in. I've got quite a lot to talk about today, haven't we? Because we've just come off of the back of the elite camp for the programme that was this weekend just gone. And Rogue. So where would you like to start? Everyone's talking about rogues, so let's go elite camp, you know, throw a curveball in there. Let's go with what's more interesting to us. So you had quite a few pretty fit-looking people show up in Mallorca on Thursday. Yeah, so we've been doing it for years, and, and we run different style of camps. We have camps that happen pre-competition, camps that happen, and this was our classic off-season elite camp. So we brought a group of 10 athletes together from semi-final to games-level athletes. And it's just a great opportunity and a safe environment for athletes to throw down, test and see where they are at this point of the season. Like some of the athletes may be doing different cycles. Some might be just focusing on strength. Some might be on conditioning. And it just gives a bit of an opportunity to be like, yeah, okay, things are working. Maybe things are not working. We can adjust and tweak as needed. So it's just like a bit of an opportunity to get together and see where we are at this point of the season. What's the criteria for getting invited on the camp how do you decide who to invite some objective criteria this level athlete is is kind of like a standard criteria and then we have some athletes who we've been working with for a while at least semi-final level but wanting to step in and then they're kind of like uh, program athletes or friends of the program yes mm. one of those we like to bring in external athletes work with it directly again to give them the experience like this weekend we have martin cuero who's like a very good spanish athlete been at semis a number of times wanting to make that breakthrough to the games it's like a perfect example so him and his coach benny came over and they got to throw down we got to see an athlete that we don't have any experience with environment just be like okay it's a good opportunity for them and it's a good opportunity for us when i speak to athletes they they seem to fall into one or other camp as it were they like to train with others or they want to be on their own like a lone wolf so mm. Like putting a bunch of individual athletes together for a few days, I guess you can get a bit competitive with each other. Yeah, but it's fresh competitive. That's kind of the idea. 
in some ways, like throw down, see where you're at. But because it's a short period of time, it's fairly easy to manage. I think it gets different when it's like, you know, day after day, week after week, month mm-hmm. after month, that's when things vary. But over a short period, it's a lot easier to. I also think the long-term environment, if it works, can really create like quite incredible results, but it's a lot harder to manage. Mm. So what did you get them to do for the four days of the camp? What was your schedule? We had some off-site. So we had like running, biking, swimming, just get out of the gym, see kind of like those classes, those pieces that you wouldn't necessarily do on a weekly basis. See how the athletes can handle a bike if it should come up in a competition. See how they are in the water and how they've improved. And the same thing with running. And then we had like classic CrossFits, strength stuff, gymnastics over the four days. So we touched base on kind of like the broad aspects of CrossFit, just to see the extremes of where they are, you know, like, can they do pirouettes over the obstacle for what's their kind of lifting moment? Just give a bit of a testing on all the different areas you might see in CrossFit. And what do you think the athlete's experience is? I mean, how do you gauge if it's actually been helpful for them? It's limited how much coaching you can do within like just a short period of time. So we tried to give certain advice, but the idea is not completely break down the snatch technique or something like that over a short period. It's more just to be like, okay, actually your snatch technique is not great at the moment. We need to have that as a focus point going forward. So it's like giving us an overview of where we need to work for the next period. So you're bringing together people that you don't see day in, day out as well. I guess it's like it's touch base with them in other ways as well. Yeah, the hands-on is invaluable. Like I say, I've always been a fan of hands-on. I think it's the best way to work. So like Moritz is a good example. He's living in Germany. We have regular contact. He comes over, has hands-on, goes back to Germany, makes sure things are going well. One of the folks of Moritz has been running, which is, shouldn't be a surprise based on the games results. And it's nice to see that the changes that we've put in over the last few months are working. How did he get on the track on the weekend? I think well, compared to what we'd seen previously. He's definitely moving in the becoming more of a runner i've changed his nickname now to skinny m no <laughs> has he lost some weight he's a bit leaner yeah morris is a strong big powerful dude so it's kind of easy for him to put on weights and harder to cut down i would say more gorilla he goes for the gorilla body type yeah absolutely he's a strong lad <laughs> so the four days do you guys also socialize together do things in the evenings or is it just train and then back to your villa so we had a barbecue. The guys were all staying in Airbnb. We had a barbecue. I was cooking some meat mm. after watching barbecue shows sometimes. Really? I quite enjoy cooking on fire, so I enjoy the barbecue aspect. Any tips for a wannabe barbecuer? I actually think getting a thermometer so you can tell the temperature of the meat without just looking is actually like a really useful place to start because then you know how you're cooking it into what temperature you want to get it so it takes the guessing game away of just staring at the color of it and how important is it to marinade i think good rub or a good marinade can do wonders you fed them was that friday because you still have some pretty decent barbecue weather in mallorca at the moment yeah and mallorca's surprisingly hot for basically november mm. and then you guys went out for what did you go yesterday burgers yeah i went to buco burger just by the sea just to finish off the camp you know it's nice get some food, have a burger, and all the guys travel back today. Well, you met Moritz originally. Was he on a camp? Yeah, he came over on our, I want to say, pre-semis camp. He just qualified for semis through quarters. And then we held, he came over and we're doing a camp then. So that's when we first met. 
And he'd reached out after quarters, you know, basically that he wanted some help and guidance. He got close before, but wanted to just have a bit of guidance, see if he could push him over the edge to make it. And that's when he came over and decided to make the move. He did a conditioning session he'll always remember. (laughs) (laughs) And that makes me like put some fear in my boots, actually, whatever you put him through. Was it like a mash style conditioning session? No, it was just a super simple conditioning piece, but it was just done in such a way as a bit of a challenge. And I think it's like a great example of like rising to the challenge. It's not easy being an athlete. I think sometimes people have this perception that they're just good. There's certain choices they have to make. And if they can make the right choices, then it can really boost their performance. And not every athlete makes the right choices. And I think that was one of those moments for Moritz where he could have quite easily been like, fuck that. Mm. But he actually was like, no, actually, I see something to this. I see something to be able to kind of expand my boundaries and my limits. Full credit to Moritz. He kind of jumped on that opportunity. But I think with Moritz as well, he has so much knowledge about programming for other people as well because of his job. He owns gyms, doesn't he? He also has that background. If you have that external understanding of coaching and programming yourself, maybe you can see more what your coach is trying to achieve with you. Yeah, I just think where the sport is now, you need an experienced coach in order to excel. Mm. I think it's really hard to just be like the Lone Ranger. There's different forms of coaching, different styles of coaches, whatever it may be. But I really think that you need someone just giving you that overview. The classic English saying, like being able to see the wood for the trees. Mm. And I think that's quite an apt saying for an athlete because when you're in it, you know, it's really hard to be like, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? What should I be doing? So that's where I think a good coach can come in and say, okay, well, actually, this is a good direction to follow and and discuss it through. Apart from barbecues and burgers, you guys must also have been watching some of Rogue. Rogue's epic. There's deeper discussions we can go into about why the season structure needs needs a bit of a revamp. But I think Rogue's a perfect example. Everyone's talking about CrossFit now. And if it weren't for events like Rogue, they definitely wouldn't be talking about CrossFit this weekend. Mm. Why are they talking about Rogue, though? It's the best in the world of that. There's one standout, and that is obviously Tia coming back. Most of my comments and messages were like, wow, or incredible. Throughout most of the weekend, we're now Monday night, so we obviously know the results of Rogue. Tia was incredible. I mean, just incredible. It was like so amazing to see the way she came back. She fair played to Laura. She ended up taking the victory. Mm. It was just an incredible comeback to watch. Seeing someone like Tia, who has that history, that legacy coming back, was pretty incredible. I feel like Laura is always going to find herself in situations where Tia is going to be mentioned at the same sentence. I think it's a great opportunity for Laura, you know. She has the platform of someone like Tia. If Laura wants to cement herself as the best in the world, to kind of hold that title as being a better athlete than Tia, she, she only has the opportunity if Tia's around. The fact that Tia chose to compete gave Laura the opportunity to beat her and gave people to start asking the question. So the fact that Tia is around is amazing for Laura. Like, who's better, Fraser or Froning? And it's always a hard discussion because they never competed in the same era. But Tia's actually coming back from her retirement and stepping into the sport. So it's a great opportunity. And I think the Games will be the testing ground for that. It's like the baby becomes postpartum less of an excuse. An excuse is maybe the wrong word, but it's further away than five months. And arguably, the test at games is a bit more rounded than at Rogue, which is classically just biased to being heavy. So now, if that opportunity arises, being able to beat Tia at the CrossFit Games and take away that title, now that's something huge. That must be what she's focused on now, surely. Because it felt to me like there's a bit of 
almost by the skin of her teeth actually winning because in the end it was only I think it was a 10 point difference yeah 10 point difference and those changes through the weekend as well that made life easier so now she must really feel like she has to again even though she did win the games and rogue that she has to win with a bigger margin or with more I just feel like that's what oh consistency is a special word the special word but I think that viewpoint will change you know if the more Laura beats Tia the more that that gets cemented and the fact that Tia's back means that opportunity is there and that's something I think to be super grateful for that we get to witness this absolutely in lots of sporting things like seeing Tiger Woods for example being able to watch Tiger Woods play and watch him come back and do all those things it's like I think we're quite lucky to see Fraser coming back would be epic. I don't think he will, but it would be great for the sport if he did. And I think great for the competitors to be able to compete with someone who's done amazing things. Got me thinking now. I was very impressed by watching Tia. I was also a little bit frustrated watching Laura, personally. I wanted Laura to be more dominant than she was. was, uh, I'm just wondering about whether Laura... Tia was definitely attacked and she was very much like in the game. Mentally, she seemed to be completely there. I just wonder if Laura was in the same kind of headspace or maybe she was feeling pressure that obviously is being put upon her by people like me and everybody else who talks about CrossFit. These conversations, I don't think, take anything away from Laura's achievements. Like she it was epic. I mean, mm. especially like walking in tied with Tia on the last events. It, she had to execute, she had to do well, she could have gone out too hot and then blown up and or whatever it may be. And so she had to put herself in a position to be able to win, which you know, Laura's the only person who would have even been close at that competition. The kind of ties were for one and two and three and four because they're so far ahead. They're so far ahead of the rest in that style of event. So maybe we're going to see like a new rivalry. Obviously, they're rivals now, but like more, will they, won't they coming at yeah, And how exciting is that for the sport? Mm. Well, for me, definitely. I'm much more interested in watching the women than I am than watching the men. That's just maybe it's because I really enjoy watching the women. They do the stuff they can do is just amazing. I think if you put Fraser back in, it'd be epic to watch the guys as well, you know? Mm-hmm. This kind of like legacy and dominant aspect makes the sport very exciting. Imagine having a Laura, Mal, Tia and Emma Lawson all competing this year at the Games. I mean, the female side would just be like so electric because one of those girls who's podium is not going to be on the podium. Mm. And all of them are arguably in great shape. So it would be really exciting to see. Will we see Mal back in competition next year? I mean, I hope so. Because again, I think it's great for the sport. But obviously, there's many factors that, that go into that. Mm. And then on the men's side, I was very happy to see one of my favourite Canadians get in the top spot. I like to see Vona win. If there's not swimming involved, he seems to do okay. Yeah, he's a beast. He's had a very up and down career, but always kind of been there. I suppose for him that he's won major competitions. The biggest is just, can he tick off the games win? He's been there about, can he he finally achieve that games win? And he's relatively old for being an athlete now. He's like 33 or something, which... Fraser's still only 31, 32 or something like that. So That's exactly what I'm about to look up. I'm looking up Patrick Vellner, age. The other thing, isn't it? It's like, when do you make those decisions as an athlete? When do you start thinking it's time to hang up my boots? Or will he? Yeah, I do like Briggs, who kind of just keeps going. Briggs is just going to keep going until she drops. So <laughs> and the other thing that's happening coming up this week is a really big deal for the programme. It's the release... Finally, 
of the documentary about the crown, which happened in Easter time this year. And it was the teenage only CrossFit competition that you guys hosted. I was there taking pictures. It was a fantastic weekend. And I've seen the documentary and it is really wonderful and shows a lot of very special moments that we were able to be witness to. What are your thoughts about what the viewers are going to think of this? You know, I'm really excited. It was, as any competition is, it's like a lot of love, energy, time goes into producing it. And also we took a very big risk on like the style of event not been done before. And so I really want to see how it goes out to the public, how they respond to this kind of different format. And also excited on the same day, we're going to be starting the qualifiers for next year's event. So are the qualifiers open up for Easter 2024 for the 24 version of the crown? The difference is that we are having qualifiers this year. So there'll be new faces that come in because not everyone was doing CrossFit at 16 years old. So there might be some 18-year-olds who just started, hugely talented, and this gives them an opportunity to come in as well. Which day does the documentary get released? Wednesday, so 1st of November. Okay, so I think what we should do is see if anybody wants to ask questions and we can do an interview next week about that. We can see if people have got questions related to the crown and the experience so we could do that next week yeah of course have a watch the documentary and then fire away your questions either vicky mcleod on insta or at the program and we'll send them through and we can answer those questions we'll stick up something over the weekend on stories maybe and get people to send in questions yeah okay i have to go there seems to be a disco happening downstairs and below me can you hear it i can't hear i don't know if you can hear it but i can hear no, it no i can't okay good <laughs> And I'll switch you next week, John. Okay. All right, bye, Vicky. So that's our shorter chats. What do you think? Go and watch The Crown now on the programme's YouTube. And please let me know what questions you have for John for next week's show. As always, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.